What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Coming up on today's show, how to build a winning fantasy team. We looked at some of the best fantasy teams from our leagues in 2022, and we found the one thing that they all have in common. That is a great tease, but it is extremely inaccurate. I doubt we found the one thing that they all have in common, but we'll do our very best. We also have more NFL news. We have your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, and of course, I'm not going to try to start anything right. I'm just going to state a fact. Heath hates Daniel Jones, doesn't like Daniel Jones at all. <laughs> not, not one iota. Yeah. And uh, there we go. That sums up our show today. No, what I don't like is because when people who are very smart and are in positions of power in the league that I kind of co- cover fantasy football, so you know what I mean, Yeah. Um, have make decisions or have opinions that that befuddle me that I just cannot understand why anyone would ever want to do that. In this case, that would be that would be both the Daniel Jones, the Daniel jo- the Giants giving eighty-two million dollars guaranteed to Daniel Jones. What should they have done? Well, I ju- I I would try to go get a really good quarterback in some way, whether it's through the draft or right, through right. free agency or okay. flying to California to see Aaron Rodgers or offering a, a guaranteed contract to Lamar Jackson or getting a top five pick and drafting one, or you could do it with a top 10 pick. Would my homes go 11th? Um, but I, I would be attempting to get a quarterback that I thought would allow me to compete within my division. Absolutely. But it's easier said than done. Yeah. And what happens if but- – Aaron Rodgers isn't available to you or that Lamar Jackson, you don't want to pay him. You don't want to make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. And what happens if you can't move up to get one of the four quarterbacks in this draft? 
and you're stuck picking from, let's say Garoppolo doesn't even want to sign because he doesn't want to play in the NFC East. You're stuck from Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, maybe a trade for Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, I I think looking at the numbers, like I think you could go get all those guys and probably save $25 million. Yes, but you will also go seven and ten, and your that, job as the head coach. And I think will be that's in the peril point. by twenty twenty five. They went nine and seven last year. Yeah, nine six and one. Uh, wasn't it nine seven and one? No, nine seven and one. Sorry, nine seven and one. You play seventeen games in the NFL now. <laughs> um, Don't count week eighteen. But like they played the Eagles and the Cowboys five times last year. Lost by 0-5, lost by a combined 78 points. And the closest game they played against those two teams was the game Daniel Jones didn't play. Yeah, but that's uh, like that's not act like Davis Webb is better than Daniel Jones. You were making No, it, I'm just saying I don't think Daniel Jones I don't think they can catch the Cowboys or the Eagles in the next three years unless Dak or Jalen Hurts gets hurt. And so I don't know why you would give eighty two million dollars to a quarterback who can't reasonably finish better than third in your division. Uh, I okay, so I don't I don't think you're way off base in saying that the Giants shouldn't have paid Daniel Jones. I think it's a pretty yes. good conversation to have and I've watched probably you know 80 to 100% of Daniel somewhere in there in that range of Daniel Jones's throws for 4 years. I have no idea if he's good. I still don't. <laughs> a, a year ago I thought there's no chance he's going to be a good quarterback. But last year was very encouraging. 2022 was encouraging uh, with still pretty lousy uh, weapons. So I I think that he's got more potential than you might, than you are giving him credit for. But I don't know that to be true. I mostly disagree with the premise that they can't catch the Eagles or the Cowboys in the next three years. Football is so unpredictable, especially the Cowboys. I, I, I could see the Cowboys going south. And I can see the Giants keep getting better, especially on defense. So I don't agree with that premise. Um, I don't know that Daniel Jones would necessarily be the reason for it, but I do think that they that I can't tell you what the standings are going to look like in two in two years, especially in a division that hasn't been won by the same team uh, two years in a row right. in twenty years. So that I, that part. And I I've brought this with. up before, and kind of as a troll, but I do think the worst thing that happened to Matt Nagy was that they had unsustainable success in year one. And it set a bar too high. He took over a team that hadn't had a winning season in six years, hadn't made the playoffs in eight years. They won 12 games. We spent the whole next offseason saying, don't draft the Bears defense too high because they were really, really fortunate to be that good. And then they were just 500 for the next two years. And I think the Giants kind of, that's probably the most likely scenario in the next couple of years. They're a 500 team. And that's going to be bad for everybody involved. You have to wait and see what they do at wide receiver. They could end up getting somebody good good in the draft. I don't know if we can get better than good in the draft. Maybe they're the team that makes a big play for DeAndre Hopkins. But if they if they surround Jones with some more talent, I think he's got a shot to be to have better numbers. And that might help. That might make a difference of one or two wins. Their defense is going in the right direction. Their run game is great. Their offensive line's good. Coaching is smart. I, I I, I just it, it's it's a quarterback who's played more games than has touchdowns thrown yeah. in the NFL and giving him 40 million bucks a year. That definitely makes me feel well, and it's a it's little queasy. Really, but I honestly, if they had a better alternative, Heath, they would have taken it. 
They didn't have one. Well, they could have traded up and drafted a quarterback this year. Maybe. Lamar Jackson was not an option, though. Because you had to Lamar, make a decision. You couldn't make Lamar an option. You had to you make a decision on Jones. Yeah, right. Like you had to, you had to franchise. Jo- One way or another, Jones had to be on the team. Or you just had to let him walk. I don't think you wanted to do yeah. that. I mean, I, you could have, but I, I... I So, right. I mean, I think that the Giants were much... It's exactly what you're saying with the Bears. They were much better than anyone thought they were going to be. They took themselves out of the running in a very good quarterback class. And I would also say their record up. was better than they actually were. Yeah, probably, but but they beat they beat the Ravens, they beat the Titans, they beat the Jaguars, they beat the Packers, they beat the Commanders, and those were teams that were solid to good, you know. And so I think the Giants probably better than than you think they were. I don't think they were a great team. They beat the Vikings, you know, so they they weren't bad, but they may have overachieved uh, for sure. Uh, I I'm get glad that. we're talking about the Giants. We never talk about them. Yeah, well, well, I mean, Adam I wanted was... me to, but for for fantasy perspective, I think it was a. I mean, it, it's a, an increase to Daniel Jones' dynasty value because he's likely going to get to start for two more years, um, and that's valuable in super flex leagues. Is he a buy low in that regard? Because oh, I don't. There, I don't, there seems I, to be so much enthusiasm about Daniel Jones and and getting better and. Um, and that's the really? thing. I don't know how much wide receivers help. That entire offensive success was built on him running. On who running? Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Like it was a it was a run first offense. Daniel Jones had a great year running the football. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're good if they choose to right. throw more. They, they, I would imagine they're going to try and do more through the air if they can. They did that. They absolutely did. They became a pass first offense. Later in the year, they became a three-receiver team uh, and threw the ball a lot more later in the year. They were also losing more later in the year. But formation-wise, it's been outlined by Schneier a lot. And this is important for fantasy. The Giants, I think, want to throw the ball. I think that is in Brian Dable's nature. And they started doing that later in the year. And and I I would be way more interested in Daniel Jones next year in redraft if I thought the plan was he runs the ball 120 times again and not he throws it more. Well, in his last eight games, he averaged 31.5 pass attempts per game, which is not a ton. But in his first eight games, he averaged 27.5 pass attempts per game, and the rushing numbers were more or less the same. He averaged. You're including the playoffs? No, I'm not. The playoffs okay. Would, okay. would boost it even more, I think. Um but, uh, yeah, uh, so last eight games of the year, the Giants threw the ball four more times per game, and Daniel Jones' rushing numbers, he averaged one fewer carry per game and, you know, basically two fewer rushing yards per game. So that, that was more encouraging. Of course, they were losing more. They, they threw the ball 11 more times per game in losses than wins. So if you think they're going right. to take a step back next year, that would be good, I suppose, for the passing game. Um, Okay. Well, the for, pass for the passing attempts, not for like Jones. He was, yeah. In those last eight games, he was below 200 yards passing in five of eight games. So it wasn't good for the passing game. Uh, yeah, but more attempts is better. Like, it, you know, give him more. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, more uh, to talk about today, including our main topic, the anatomy of a winning team. Uh, but before we do that, brackets are back. And you can get into the madness today on the CBS Sports app. You can run men's and women's pools with friends, enter our bracket challenges for the chance to win a new car, and trips to the 2024 Final Four. Play today on the CBS Sports app or visit cbssports.com play to sign up. No purchase necessary. See terms and rules for details. 
So yeah, run your bracket challenge on CBS Sports. It's awesome. It's the best place to run it. And be in our bracket challenge. Compete against all of us. We're all going to be filling out brackets. If you were in last year's, you're already automatically in this year's. If not, there's a link in the episode description wherever you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube. You can always do that, by the way. YouTube.com slash today, live and on demand. Click that link. Join our bracket challenge. I'll be tweeting about it next week or maybe later this week. And go Canes. So anatomy <laughs> of a winning team. Um, yeah, I thought let's let's go look back and, and see if we could find anything that the best teams in our leagues had in common. I didn't look at any of the super flex leagues. I didn't look at the 14 team league, the podcast league team. Um, I just tried to focus mostly on 12 team leagues, two and three receiver leagues. Did anybody find any big headline here? Any major major takeaway, any theme uh, from this exercise? Have good players on your fantasy team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that Thank too. You. Yeah, there was very little connection between um, when I looked more at uh, Jamie's article on win percentage. There was a very little connection between twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two in terms of the type, even the types of players on that win percentage list. And so, I do not know how much twenty twenty three is going to look like twenty twenty two. And I think that comes down to the quarterback, Seath, because in 2022, the top three players in win percentage in terms of these guys were on teams that won fantasy championships, Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow. Uh, in 2021, it was Cup, Justin Jackson. You know, sometimes you get those weird guys who had huge playoff performances, uh, fantasy playoff. Cup, Justin Jackson, Jonathan Taylor, Debo Samuel. So, um, you know, I think people are going to be wondering – do I spend those early round picks on quarterback because it's going to be like 2022 or do I, you know, take a more take a approach like I've done in the past and wait. But we talk about that all the time. I don't know. <laughs> but I think that was the difference, right? I mean, the quarterbacks weren't really on the winning percentage list, the leaderboard last year, Heath, and or 2021, sorry. In 2022, they were the top 3 players, Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow. Yeah, and um, what we saw in 2022 was a, a decrease in scoring and a decrease in reliable top 12 quarterbacks, but not really a decrease in scoring from those top three guys you mentioned. Um, and so they were more valuable because the gap between them and other quarterbacks was larger. Um, I, I, I've talked about this a lot. I think that, that Mahomes and Hurts and Allen should probably go close to that 2-3 turn. Their ADP is going to be in the first or second round, but regardless of what we say. Um, and I don't think I think that's probably closer to what should happen than in some expert drafts where they go in the fourth or fifth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one thing, Dave, that I noticed is is uh, oh, I'm starting to think as a producer: should we spend more time on mid round picks? Because I do feel like a lot of the best teams that I looked at in our leagues just crushed. The mid-round picks, whether it was one of those quarterbacks, more like Jalen Hurts, whether it was Jalen Hurts, but a lot of them, Amandra St. Brown, Devontae Smith, who really didn't pay off until Dallas Goddard got hurt, but he certainly paid off after that. Um, you know, the, the mid-round picks, because a lot of great teams, like like you had a team, Dave, uh, you were second best in our FFT league, and your first two picks were Derrick Henry and Tyree Kill, no problem there. But your next three picks were Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, Brees Hall. And that's not, you know, you, you didn't win the league because of that. But then you went Jalen Hurts after that, Dalton Schultz, Devin Singletary, Ken Walker. You know, the 
the best teams, I feel like they they get one or two or maybe more of those mid-round breakouts. So wanted to bring that up. So the first thing I would say is if we knew that in round seven, eight, and maybe even into round nine, there would still be starters at a position other than tight end and quarterback, I guess that means running back and wide receiver, that we'd feel comfortable having in our lineup week one right away, no problem, i.e. those positions are deep, would that make you more comfortable reaching for one of the stud quarterbacks early? And the answer to my question on that would be, yeah. If, if running back is deep and his receiver is as deep as I think it's going to be, I don't know if running back's going to be that deep, then I, I might consider taking a quarterback in round two. And I almost never do that in a one-quarterback league. You know, you just outlined a draft where I took Jalen Hurts in round six. That's good times right there. Yeah. But that that's part of the equation is, okay, if I spend the early draft capital on a quarterback, am, am I going to be able to kind of recoup my – my, a player for my lineup a little bit later on. And so in our draft prep, we should go and highlight the players in round seven, eight, nine, who we'd say, okay, I wouldn't mind starting this guy if it ends up turning out that this guy's available in those rounds. And if I feel like he'll reliably be in those rounds, and, and I shouldn't say he, it should be they, there should be a bunch of them. And you can take that quarterback in round two because a lot of people, they'll take the quarterback in round one and round two and they, they're not thinking about the rest of their draft. They're just thinking, okay, I got quarterback taken care of. I got a stud. That guy's going to give me 25 to 30 points a week, and I can figure out the rest of my team a little bit later on. And it's not necessarily the wrong way to think, but you'd want to be a little bit more prepared for the rest of that draft. And it, it brings me to a couple of other points, but I, I've always had the theory of even if you nail one pick after round seven, you're really helping your team. But yes. when you can nail multiple picks after round seven, then it, it it kind of feels like it doesn't matter what you do. You're just going to have a stacked team, and you're going to make the playoffs, and you're going to have a chance to compete for that championship in week 17. And hopefully, like me, you don't get unlucky, and you lose. Hopefully, you win. But that's, that's just one part of the equation. One thing that I would want to talk about is that mid-round pick and that mid-round value. And yes, that's something that we should definitely focus on once we get after, once we get past the NFL draft. That's really where we should be because most people know what to do in the early rounds. Right. And I think one of the best mid round picks was Amonra St. Brown. I think we were surprised by how good of a year he had. Um, what did we miss there? I didn't draft any Jalen Waddle, I don't think. He was a guy who showed up in the top 12 among wide receivers and win percentage. He showed up on a lot of the teams I looked at this morning, the, the ones who were first or second in, in my leagues. Um, you know, I, my thought was, well, with with Tyreek Hill there, uncertain about Tua, I don't see how Jalen Waddle's really going to break out. I clearly underestimated him. Um, I think it's silly, you know, looking back at well, I don't know if it's silly, but in that league where Dave, you did really well. And let's also say like, even the best teams, a lot of them, you're going to have some bad draft picks. <laughs> you go look at teams, oh. what they drafted and what their lineup looks like in, in week 17. It's, it could be maybe two or three players who knows from who they drafted. But, uh, you took, uh, Devin Singletary one round ahead of Ken Walker. And if we just go back and think about that, Maybe we should never do something like that. Maybe we should never take a solid, maybe RB2 with limited upside over a guy who, in Ken Walker, may you may have just dropped him if Rashad Penny never got hurt, 
but we always knew there was some league-winning potential there. So um, perhaps we should be shooting for the moon, not with every one of our picks, but at least have a couple of them where, okay, this could be total boom or bust, but it could be Tony Pollard, it could be Ken Walker, and and not waste that pick on a Devin Singletary. I shouldn't say waste. Not spend that pick on a Devin Singletary type. I don't know how often I started Devin Singletary and was happy about it in that league. I would imagine it was pretty rare. He only had four weeks over the course of the year with more than 15 PPR points. So I guess when I drafted him, I thought to myself, okay, he's the prototypical number three fantasy running back that might be able to be a number two. But I also, I I drafted Ken Walker in a bunch of leagues and I think you guys remember how excited I was about him. Yeah. When, when we were at this time last year and I had done, my evaluation of him. And I just, I was over the moon for him. I thought he was great. And then he went to Seattle, which was such a perfect fit for him. And I knew I wanted to get him on a bunch of my teams. I also felt like there was a, and and we talk about this all the time. Jamie mentions it every August on uh, fantasy football today, that there's, there's always a market dip for some players because of bad news. Remember what happened two years ago to, to Jamar Chase, yep. When he was dropping passes in preseason games, and yeah, he did an interview, and he, you know, he demurred about how it was the the lines on the ball or something like that. And man, did everybody run away from Jamar Chase? But if you did the homework on Jamar Chase, you knew that in college he was a dynamite player. And if 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 all you do in a fantasy draft is bet on talent. And you know that the opportunity will come along with it anyway, because Jamar Chase wasn't about to ride the bench in Cincinnati as being a top five pick for them. You take advantage of that dip. I did that in a ton of leagues last year or two years ago, and it was successful. There were two players that I did that with in 2022 drafts. One was Tyreek Hill because everybody thought, well, it's a downgrading quarterback. He's going to Tua. There's no way he's going to be as good. And I remember saying on our show, that he was going to get a ton of targets. That offense was going to be a bunch of short passes. He was going to get some deep targets along the way. It's exactly what happened. He was a target hog. He was great. I had him in more than half of my leagues. I played in 16 leagues. I made the playoffs in 11 of them. Having Tyreek Hill and hoarding him in as many leagues as I could was part of the secret to my success. And I took him in round two in our league, and that was a late round two pick, but I was getting him in round three in other leagues. Same thing happened with Kenneth Walker. Well, he didn't have a great preseason, and uh, Rashad Penny's there, and how long are we going to have to wait for Rashad Penny to get hurt? And I was willing to be patient, which was my the lesson learned. Remember we talked about mm-hmm. that maybe three or four weeks ago? Maybe I learned that lesson last year, and I can emphasize it again this year. Betting on that talent, especially with a ninth-round pick on Kenneth Walker, I had him in a bunch of leagues. And I, I think that that's something we're going to have a hard time identifying those players now. It's March. But by the time we get to late July and August, we're going to have some players that have a dip in ADP because of bad news happening in July and August. But just because there's bad news in July and August doesn't mean they're going to turn around and be good news for our fantasy teams in October, November, December. You have to take advantage of those guys. It's been a huge part of my success in fantasy football. All right, Heath, I want to get your thoughts on that after a quick break on fantasy football today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back. We're talking about talent. A name that comes to mind right now is Christian Watson. Once Aaron Rodgers gets traded, if that does, in fact, happen, yes. I feel like there will be a little bit of a dip. I think he's very talented. But, Heath, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, maybe just saying, all right, you know what? Jalen Waddell was... Uh, an elite prospect. He was taken ahead of Devontae Smith. And what was he, the sixth pick? I forget. Um, a couple of years ago, maybe we shouldn't be downgrading him this much. Or I, I don't know. The whole concept of let's just focus on who the best players are, maybe. And maybe that's how we get a winning team. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that there's necessarily a consensus on those guys who the best players are before they've done it. Um, but I do think that in the mid to late rounds, um, betting on upside is better than betting on floor. And so I think that's now it, it like, there's lots of guys with upside and no floor who get drafted in round seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, who end up giving you absolutely nothing. Yeah. So I don't think you should do entirely that. Um, but I, I do think you want to have more of those guys than you do floor guys. Yeah, don't do entirely right, but but make sure you don't leave your draft without a few guys who are an injury or I don't know one at least one two without something on your team that if there's an injury you've got a stud have at least one of those guys I think that's important and Tony Pollard is like like I said Tony Pollard Ken Walker two of the running backs who showed up uh, highest in win percentage. Um, one thing I noticed about the four leagues the four leagues I looked at were our fantasy football today league. Our magazine league, which we do in earlier draft, I think we probably did that in July or something. Uh, our IDP league that Heath went undefeated in, I would say one of the worst undefeated teams in fantasy football history. And uh, uh, please continue undervaluing defensive players; it just gets easier and easier. Yeah, your best pick was Foye Aluakun, uh, who ended up being the number one linebacker. But yeah, uh, well, the not, next round, Tyler Lockett was pretty good too. I think that was round ten or something. <laughs> that was a good pick. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. That's and, another example of a guy that's. That was on a huge dip last year. Tyler, Lockett, great talent. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. was scared to death of Geno Smith. Rightfully so, I think. But fair. Well, um, and then uh, I looked at one of my my friend league, which was a half PPR league. Only started only two running backs, and the first pick, the guy who won that league, Brian De Los Santos. Remember him, Dave? I do. Brian yeah. was a good dude. He had the eighth. Probably pick. still did. Guess who he took with the eighth pick? Someone you would never take in the first round. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen. Guess who he took in the second round? Josh Allen. <laughs> he auto-drafted and took Justin Herbert. <laughs> and he won the league. But I think he wow. I think he only auto-drafted the first two picks. They were Allen and Herbert. And then he drafted very well after that. Um, yeah, he drafted okay after that. Anyway, uh, one thing I noticed is that every winning team in those four leagues picked third through eighth. 
I don't know if you had a lot of teams who picked first and won because Jonathan Taylor had such a disappointing season and then got hurt late in the year. Well, Christian McCaffrey was in the top five for running back win, right? If you if you made the correct number one pick, I think you had a pretty good chance. Sure. Was he your number one but, player? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, well, he was obviously I had Eckler in a bunch of leagues. Eckler was two third. That I want to and, talk about. He um, was pretty good. And yeah, I, I think the most important thing here, not to just poo-poo on the show topic, but there is no f- secret formula to winning your fantasy well, league. It, there, there's, there's something. Okay, but but there is. I mean, there's. there's I mean, last year, the formula was have an elite quarterback and have an elite tight end. There's no secret formula that transfers year over year. True, exactly. Which means there's no secret formula. So I can't tell no, you what the formula is going to be. There's a guaranteed way. And there was only there's one elite tight end last year. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yes. Right. So, um, and that was my first round pick in the in the undefeated team. It was. You also traded for Christian McCaffrey. Some dope gave that me McCaffrey. Find find a, find a, somebody that'll trade you Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Shouldn't that be another point to make here though? Is at bare minimum, don't be shy about making trades. No, that's not. No, that's not the topic for today's show. I think. No, but that's part of winning a league. Okay, fine. I mean, you, it's pretty you, obvious. You I'm not going to lie. Be so conservative. You shouldn't be so conservative that you say, I don't want to trade. And no trades for me. Like, there are a lot of people out there. They refuse to make a trade unless it is clearly a win for them. Like, you are you are trading Kareem Hunt and uh, Dak Prescott for Patrick Mahomes and, you know, somebody a stud. Like, they will not make trades otherwise. And I say hogwash. Hogwash. Adam, like that's why the trade chart was invented was to try and help people make trades that were at least fair. Yeah. And that can help people improve their teams or feel better about their team. Right. When Heath was undefeated, he made a trade with me and it made him even better. So I think it made me better too. I had to do it, but certainly an in-season strategy is to find a desperate team that has one of its best players on a buy and make a trade to acquire that best player. That was the circumstance. I had Christian McCaffrey. I could not afford to lose another game. I traded for Aaron Jones that week and Tom Brady. Aaron Jones was playing the Lions, and I thought he was going to win. He had a terrible game. That was the irony of it. Um, but I had I had to give up McCaffrey, basically, because I, I really felt like it was a must-win situation. Um, so he t- was able to take advantage. So that is, you should always, I mean, there's a there's a big injury you find the player that lost the injured player, and you try to make a trade with that player. Find the desperate sure. fantasy manager. Heath, I cut you off. What were you going to say? I don't think I was going to say anything. Dave, I cut you off. What were you going to say? I'm going to say that it doesn't have to be an injury situation that precludes a trade. It should also be maybe you got lucky in your draft, and you've got two great quarterbacks or two great tight ends, and you're a little thin at running back, and there's a team in your league that's loaded at running back, but their starting tight end is Dawson Knox and they need to make a move to improve their tight end, that's how you make good trades. Something like that happened in the Kings Classic League that I was in last year, and I won this league. I traded Hawkinson. I had Hawkinson and Fryermuth. And uh, Michael Fabiano offered me Tyler Lockett. This is like week three. Tyler Lockett for TJ Hawkinson, and I took it. I was a little weak at wide receiver. I needed the depth there. My best receiver was Tyreek Hill, and I needed another guy, and I made that trade, and I felt like that trade helped my team uh, put up more points from week to week, and I ended up winning that league. That was one of two trades that I made that ended up helping me uh, win that league. 
So just be open to trades, consider trades. You're obviously going to turn down deals that aren't in your favor at all. And you shouldn't accept a deal that's close enough. You know, don't do that either. But a fair deal is a fair deal, and you should be willing to take those deals. Those are the types of risks in the game itself that can pay off in a big way for your fantasy squad. I think if my my biggest takeaway from looking at the teams that I looked at today, and obviously looking at four or four to eight teams when you're talking about all of fantasy football is somewhat of a silly exercise, but I'm also looking at the win percentage numbers and the players that uh, won people the most leagues, both last year and this year, or sorry, both 2021 and 2022, um, is to spend at least some picks mid to late in your draft on players with big upside. Now, last year, that was in, in our leagues, a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you know, so who's that going to be this year? Justin Fields, maybe. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I think Trevor Lawrence. I'll say Christian Watson's going to be a lot of, on a lot of my teams. It's not that easy sometimes to identify upside. I didn't really think that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett had a lot of upside because I didn't believe in Geno Smith. Every year we're going to make mistakes, no question. But give yourself some chances to have some league winners if things break right. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of the successful teams were able to, to do uh, this past season. Okay, that's all I got. Heath, you look like you want to say something. I, I've i been trying to think of something to say. Right. Uh, mm. But no, I, I don't know. Do you think we see team, more teams in the NFL use the fifth-year option after <laughs> what's happened this year? <laughs> I don't know. Did I even say Josh Jacobs' name? Because he was on a lot of these teams, by the way. Like, he, yeah. was one, he was one of the best picks in fantasy, Number obviously. one running back in win percentage last year, right? Yes. Yeah. I believe so. If not, And another one, guy, just trust the talent. He was being downgraded yes. because we thought he might have to share, and he was a first-round running back who'd proven the ability to be a workhorse back, and... Right, but how do you, how do you evaluate the talent of a player who didn't really do anything all that special the two previous seasons. He wasn't nearly as explosive. You know, I, I don't know... I don't know why we missed so badly on, on Josh Jacobs. I think it was because they said, basically, there was no way he was going to have the big the role that he had. I think it was because he played in the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That, like, that was funny. But then the rationale behind it that Josh McDaniel said after the game actually made some sense there aren't a lot of opportunities before the season to get that type of uh, competition for your running back where he's, you know, taking hits and you know that never happens to a running back in practice. So I, I get why they did it. And Jacobs didn't seem bothered by it. There was somebody on this show that thought that Josh Jacobs wasn't quite in a dead zone, but maybe the guy right before the dead zone, because he had a role that could be pretty solid to maybe great, for, for the Raiders last year. And it just, look, what, what ended up working out was that he, he stayed healthy and he was good and he caught some extra passes that we weren't expecting him to get. And he ran hard. He was in a contract year. He showed out. Each of the previous three seasons, 14 PPR points per game. You could set your watch to it. Last year, 19. Right. I'm, I'm kind of glad that he's franchise tagged. I want him to ball out one more time. Get that bag, Josh. Earn it. Play through it. Show that you're great. He can, he can potentially do it again. And more importantly, he showed his coaches that he could do it. So they're not going to sour on him as quickly as they might have this year 
if he had started his first three games averaging 3.8. The Raiders' offensive line was a unit that performed a lot better than anyone expected last year. That's another thing. It was. Yep. It ended up being a strength of the team. And going into the year, there was every reason to expect it would be you know, one of the worst offensive lines, I'd say. So that helped as well. All right. Thank you for entertaining that topic. Um, I hope you had some takes. Hope everybody got some takeaways there that will help them going into their drafts. We are going to do the news and notes, including a true hero in the NFL. And we will talk about that right after this break on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's talk about K.J. Osborne very briefly. Applause for K.J. Osborne. Let me get my canned applause here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Saved a man from a burning car. That's, I mean, unbelievable. Saved someone's life. He and a few others saw a car accident on the side of the road, uh, got out of the car, helped a man out as the car was on fire. So amazing story. Good job, K.J. Osborne. Uh, hey. Yeah. yeah. I'll lay out something here. Adam Thielen gets cut from the Vikings. Minnesota doesn't do much to improve the receiving core. Is K.J. Osborne one of the players that we're talking about as a value in ADP come August? If he's definitively the number two receiver in Minnesota. I think without question. And the first thing you're going to think of is the guy's a hero because he saved somebody from a burning car. (laughs) Uh, well, the other thing I'm going to think of is how good he was in 2021 when Adam Thielen was out. I don't have those numbers in front of me. Right. Thielen I mean, Hawkinson's still there. That'll be a little bit of an issue, but it's uh, he's got a shot to contribute. He could be good. Yeah, what do you think? Tenth round in that scenario? Ninth. Yeah, eighth or ninth. Yeah, I, I agree with Heath. Closer to eight or nine. All right, it's K.J. Osborne. The Rams have given Allen Robinson permission to seek a trade. The Rams are going to release or trade edge rusher Leonard Floyd. They also could be trading Jalen Ramsey. So this team, it does the overall atmosphere of the team, I mean, they might be pretty bad again. Does this change anything for Cooper Cup for you guys? Only if Stafford retires. I might get a little nervous even if Stafford doesn't retire. Older quarterback coming off of arm issues. Did he have surgery too? Uh, Anybody? I don't know. Anybody in the chat? Maybe Matthew Stafford's in the How chat. How about Google? You can, help you can probably do Google that. I've, I don't Google. I don't know what that is. Uh, Bing. It, it, there could be there could be trouble for Cooper Cup. 
but I'm not I'm not yet ready to put him behind Jamar Chase in full PPR. Not yet. Okay, thoughts crossed my mind. And Allen Robinson is the opposite of KJ Osborne. I, I can't see anybody being excited about getting Allen Robinson on their fantasy team after the the um the year that he just had. I had to catch years. myself before I said years that were bad. Yeah. Years plural. I don't there think uh, Matthew Stafford had surgery, according to uh, Ask Jeeves. Uh, Tom Brady, I don't know if I mentioned this yesterday. I think I did. There's a rumor that he might unretire. He's like, nope, I got. I have a kitten. I'm stay retired. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That'll keep him busy. Said, yes. <laughs> I'm not Sorry, looking guys, to come back now. Sorry, guys, can't play football now. and earn $40 million anymore. <laughs> Garfield wants me to go make some lasagna. <laughs> I never had a kitten or a puppy. I have a cat, but I, you know, she, it's my wife's cat, so she was probably like four when I came along. And I, I would like a kitten or a puppy. I think that'd be fun. I don't want to keep them after they grow, but I would yeah. like a kitten or puppy. Oh, that's I had like terrible. twelve kittens at one point. Really? What? Yeah. Did you nurse them? Uh, no, their mom did. Oh, well, what was uh, that experience like? <laughs> Uh, it wasn't great. It was a lot of heartbreak. Several of them died. Oh, um, oh no. We lived out in the country and yeah. Oh man. Were you like breeding to sell them or was no. it just like you wanted to have a family of kittens? Nope, neither. Um, we, uh, had a neighbor who had kittens and, um, so we took one and before we got it fixed, it got pregnant. And then, I mean, once that's happened, like it's very difficult to time the you can't couldn't get it fixed because it was nursing and then all of a sudden it was pregnant again. Um, so it was uh, it was it was a busy cat. Yeah, I don't like. How did it keep getting pregnant? What do you I, mean? I mean, I understand. Oh, Adam. I like. <laughs> couldn't um, you keep I'm it sorry. away we from? Lived the- out in the country, we had cats to help take care of mice. Oh, These cats were okay. Would go okay. outside go hunting, and then come back in. Okay. Oh, so big, it was one of the other cats in the neighborhood that was causing this. Big night for them. All right, yeah. anyway, uh, <laughs> let's see. Brock Purdy will not be fully cleared, uh, will be fully cleared by the second week of September, according to NBC, NBC Sports' Jennifer Lee Chan. Seems like something that could change along the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a little more certainty in that news read than uh, will be. Right. Keith, where is Brock Purdy in Dynasty right now? Um, 20s? Be- behind Daniel Jones. <laughs> He's just about to make that joke. Okay. Um, Can you imagine if he had I him have him at 29 at quarterback. I don't oh. really believe that the way Brock Purdy kept scoring 24 fantasy points last year was legitimate or repeatable. Um, no, no, he'd throw for 215 yards or something and he'd throw the second touchdown. So he'd score 20 fantasy points. Um, I don't, I think if, if he ever gets a job and gets to keep it for a full season, I think he's probably something like a Jared Goff. Okay. But if I'm desperate for a quarterback in a super flex dynasty, is, is he a cheap buy? Is he cheaper than Daniel Jones? Yeah, I think it's more likely that Brock Purdy is not a starting quarterback again in the NFL than that he's a top 12 quarterback. Yeah, I would much, agree with that. Much but, cheaper than Daniel Jones. I, I but, don't really want to acquire – I'd rather acquire him in a 
I don't know. You, and Superflex, like my third quarterback needs to be someone who I think is going to play. And I think the only way he plays is if Trey Lance is bad. Mm. Or gets hurt again. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Heath, would you take redraft? Trey Lance or Daniel Jones? Um, uh, Trey Lance. Dave? I believe I have Jones a spot ahead of Trey Lance right now. They're back to back. Jack. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have it uh, Watson. No, I might have Jones. I think I have it Watson, Lance, Jones. Okay. Show me that Trey Lance is A-OK in training camp, and he's an easy guy to move ahead of Daniel Jones. The Dolphins, according to ESPN's Jeff Darlington, will not be pursuing any starting quarterbacks this offseason. So if you have Tua, that's good news. The Vikings released linebacker Eric Kendricks. The Titans released edge rusher Bud Dupree. The Buc- Let's talk about the Bucks and the Chiefs making changes on their offensive line, potentially anyway. At least we don't know what the Chiefs situation will be. But the Vikings, uh, or, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Bucks releasing Donovan Smith, their left tackle. He played 13 games, played through injury last year, wasn't great, but in his prime was great. Uh, and the Chiefs, both of their starting offensive tackles, Orlando Brown on the left side, Andrew Wiley on the right side, both of them are free agents. So maybe we should talk more about the, the Chiefs since the Bucs are, we don't even know who their quarterback or starting running back will be. But are you guys concerned at all about the Chiefs' offense in general if they have to replace both offensive tackles? I don't know how well those two guys graded out last year. I think Orlando I, I Brown was elite, and he was very good. And Wiley, I don't, I don't know. I think good, yeah. Like elite top ten. Well, I actually looked no. on PFF and and no, I have but, it right here. But like pass what block win rate or something, I think he was outstanding. Okay, you can you can check. I've got uh, Orlando Brown had a very good grade for his pass protection. Wiley did not. Wiley was pretty pedestrian. Not terrible, but pedestrian. And, you know, Brown more of a zone-blocking type of offensive tackle, which means he's he's better at, you know, defending the space in front of him than mauling a dude. But he, he received good grades, gave up, uh, gave up 44 pressures over 893 pass sets. It's not so bad. Um, I mean, we'll see 44 how they them. I don't, I don't necessarily think Brown and Wiley being gone means that I'm concerned about the Chiefs' offense. I would, I mean, if they draft one in the first round and they they add somebody who's close to as good as Brown, then I think they'll probably be fine. Yeah, if Andy Reid's got six months to improve his tackles, I think he can do it. If he has two weeks to improve his tackles, we've seen what happens. They're still going to be really good on the interior. Uh, the Dolphins released cornerback Byron Jones, who missed all of last year with an Achilles injury. Remember Byron Jones recently saying he's had so many injuries he can't run or jump, but he also said he didn't want to retire. So we will see what happens with him. Let's finish the show with some emails to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That is the letter I, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We do have another episode tomorrow where we're going to do a little bit of a free agency preview, our favorite destinations for some of the top free agents. Okay, this one is from Nick. Nick said, after getting burned, drafting RBRB last year, Aaron Jones and Najee Harris, I am changing it up next season. 12-team PPR, why shouldn't I take Jamar Chase first overall? 
I trust Burrow over Cousins and Stafford by a mile. And I played it out. My first six picks could be Jamar Chase, Garrett Wilson, Mahomes at 26 overall. I guess this is a 14-team league. Oh, no. What am I talking about? No, he misnumbered it a little bit. But, no, it would be a 12-team league. Um, Dobbins, Judy, Pacheco, whatever. But let's talk about Chase first overall uh, ahead of, you know, because he trusts Burrow more than Cousins and Stafford, ahead of Jefferson, ahead of Cup. If he goes that route, what do you think? It's not a bad philosophy to have. And if you look at how, what was the drop off in PPR points per game from Justin Jefferson to Jamar Chase each of the past two seasons? It was 1.5 points in 2021, and it was 1.5 points in 2022. Are you, are, are you giving up a discernible edge by taking Chase over Justin Jefferson? I don't think it's that big of a deal if that's the receiver who you want to take. But I believe that Jefferson has been healthier than Chase. And I believe just the simple fact that Jefferson is the easy number one there every single week, tons of targets every single week until that changes, it's hard to love him. Chase is going to be great. He's sharing with T. Higgins. He's sharing with whoever, whatever else they do at number three receiver and at tight end and at running back. They could make a change there. Uh, if that's your personal preference because of Joe Burrow, I get it. That's fine. But Justin Jefferson's had over 18 PPR points per game over the past two seasons with Cousins as his quarterback. I can't complain about it. Yeah, I actually came out with Chase, I think, a point and a half ahead of Jefferson for the season in my projections. Um, I still have Jefferson higher, but they I don't think there's any problem with taking Chase number one if you prefer him over Jefferson. Not to be the well actually guy, Dave. Sorry, um, but actually, it was only half a point difference this past year. It was one and a half points. Jefferson better than Chase in twenty twenty one. Half a point difference in uh, twenty twenty. What do you have for Jefferson in twenty twenty two? Twenty one point five. I have twenty one point seven, and you've got twenty one on the dot for Chase. Mm-hmm. But you're wrong. Here's what I would say. Well, I mean, which I'm, one of you is not using decimal scoring? I'm using decimal scoring. I'm on fftoday.com. That's what I use for everything. There we go. Well, they use decimal scoring. I mean, they. I've got every single week score that all every player has added up and divided by the number of games they played. Okay. Can't think of anything more accurate than that. So I've got 21.6 to 20.2. We're so almost more... exactly. I've got 21.7 for Jefferson. That That's maybe. Why you shouldn't be the well actually guy? Why I'm using a? Uh, I, I, I do you have twenty one point six eight eight for Jefferson? I only have one decimal place, and you don't round up. The hell's wrong with you, man? What do you? I, how could I round up if I only had one decimal place? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, keep in mind, everybody. Justin Jefferson only caught eight touchdowns last year. Jamar Chase played six fewer games, caught nine. I'm not saying that Jefferson's going to have more touchdowns than Chase, but he, I think he's going to have more than eight. You know, and he still was better than Jamar Chase last year. So that's I, I think it's fine also, but I just want to point that out. I feel like Justin Jefferson was actually a little bit unlucky last season. Uh, this is from Eric. Where's he from? Eric is from Paducah, Kentucky. Are you better off keeping the better overall player or the better overall value in your keeper leagues? 
depends on how good that value is. Yeah, it's very case specific. It, it, it like, give me, give me a great player in fantasy, Adam. Justin Jefferson. Okay, so if you can keep Justin Jefferson for a first round pick, that's typically a, something that's solid. People really can't complain about that. But what if you could keep Garrett Brown. Wilson, oh. Garrett Wilson for a ninth round pick? <laughs> yeah, I take Jefferson. What if Garrett Wilson's catching passes from Aaron Rodgers? Probably take Wilson. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. What about you? That's a good question. But but that's that's what he's asking. It depends, and it really comes down to how good of a value it is. It also right. depends on your league. Um, or is everybody else in your like? I feel like a lot of the people that are listening to us may have half their league that's just not as um, in tuned or as good at fantasy football as they are. Um, we have the best listeners. And so if you're in one of those leagues, <laughs> you can find your value in the draft. It's kind of like the, those are the types of leagues where it's okay to take quarterback and tight end earlier as well because you're going to find running back and t- wide receiver starters in round nine. Um, so I think like in a really sharp league, I think value is more important. And in, a, in something else, it's uh, the best player is probably more important. Right, but also this scenario, right? Justin Jefferson in the first round or Garrett Wilson in the ninth round. If you keep Garrett Wilson, then you keep your first round pick and you have to, you know, where is that pick? Is it fourth overall? Do you have a chance of getting Justin Jefferson back? And if not, you still have a chance of getting a great player with that pick. So, you know, that favors the ninth round pick guy. So keep that in mind too. Always play out, always play out your draft. Who's going to be available, who you can get with the pick that you're, that you're, uh, going to be keeping by not keeping Justin Jefferson. Uh, Last question here. Dynasty question. It's a trade from Rob, and Rob is from? Rob is from Eugene, Oregon. Have I given that? I feel like I've given that city lately. Let's go with Glendale, Arizona. Okay. Rob from Glendale says, Dynasty trade, PPR, Superflex. My Mahomes, this is a big one here. Mahomes, Derrick Henry, Cooper Cup, and pick 210, 2.10 in this upcoming draft. It's a 10-team league. So he's giving up Mahomes, Henry, Cup, and the last pick of round two in the rookie draft. He is getting Herbert, Diggs, Barkley, and Evans. Uh, let me lay it out one more time, right? He's downgrading from Mahomes to Herbert. He's going from Cup to Diggs. He's going from Henry to Barkley. And pick 2.10 to Mike Evans in a super flex league. So he's getting younger at every position, but slightly worse at every position. What? He's not getting worse. Who is? Who did he go from to oh, Barkley? Sorry, not getting worse. Uh, well, technically, he's getting, technically he's getting worse because Henry was better than Barkley last year, but he's going from Henry to Barkley. I don't think I like it. C minus. Yeah, I don't think I like it either. <laughs> I don't like it this year. I'm probably going to pay off in 2024. Well, I don't. I don't know that that's true. Like the the Mahomes Herbert age difference is, if it ever pays off, is paying off in like ten years. Not that one. I meant the rest. The the Cup Diggs age difference is one year, right? Is it? Maybe two. Diggs is twenty eight or twenty nine. 
if you take the quarterbacks out of this trade, it's an easy win for Diggs, Barkley, Evans. Now you're putting the quarterbacks back in and, and you're downgrading from Mahomes to Herbert. Ah, there, there's something he explained to the people that it's cool to have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback in Dynasty. It's it's really awesome. You can do a full rebuild and and you get done with it, and he's still there as the best quarterback in the NFL, just like he was before you started your rebuild. And by the way, you know, the last pick of round two, that's 20th overall. That could be pretty damn good in a super flex league because you're going to get a bunch of quarterbacks who go in the first round. So, you know, you could be getting... I don't know how good that's going to be this year. There's, It's a great tight end class. It's a great running back class. I think you could get a really good pick there. All right, so don't do the trade. Okay, we're out of here, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow with a a preview of free agency, the best destinations for the top free agents like Jacoby Myers. Now, we'll... uh, (laughs) <laughs> we'll make the most of it here. Jamal Williams, we'll talk about all the all Maybe the Michael most. Thomas. Maybe Michael Thomas. Wasn't it really strange how excited Michael Thomas was that Derek Carr was the same? Yes. Yes, it was. You think that he thinks that he's going to be on the team this year? And if he does, doesn't that indicate that he's going to be on the team this year? I think he's probably just going to follow Andy Dalton wherever Dalton goes, since Dalton's so good. I think he probably won't notice the difference, except he'd be like, hey, Andy, you change your hair color? <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll talk to you later on Fantasy Football Day.